0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air, online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. When a Delhi businessman returns to his childhood home in Amanabad for India's largest kite festival, an entire family has to confront... Its own fractured past and fragile dreams, with the naturalistic performances from actors and non-actors alike. This bold lyrical editing and vibrant cinematography, Patang delights in the senses and nourishes the spirit. We're joined today by the director of Patang, Prashant Bargava. Welcome to Film School, Prashant. Hi, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah, just a. Uh, a remarkable achievement, I think, uh, in my my mind, for for a lot of reasons, but uh, not the least of which is uh, just the logistics that appear to have gone into uh, filming this. It was really, quite a remarkable, very natural, almost at times, really feels like a documentary. I mean, the the doc, the feel of how natural the the uh, the uh, not only in the performances but in the uh, in the ambiance, in the context of this film. Tell me and our audience a little bit about um, the idea for Patang and um, and your decision to travel to India to, to film it.
1: Yeah, Patang, I originally saw my uncles when they used to fly kites when I was a kid. I come from a different area in India. Um, but they would take the string and uh, coat it with uh, crushed light bulbs and uh mm-hmm. and very finely and and make it sharp so they're trying to cut each other's kites. and uh when they flew it didn't matter who you were rich or poor hindu muslim young or old you just kind of lost that moment you were in a moment and it was uh in a very simple way kite flying is meditation so mm-hmm. i thought that would be a great backdrop for a film so i um I found out about Amdabad from a cousin, and when I went there and saw a million kites in the air, and the whole city just being transformed by this festival, I just fell in love. And it was uh, Ambedkar's known for its religious violence. So this particular festival of flying kites and trying to cut each other's kites is a uh, celebration that's so necessary for people there to move forward. Mm-hmm. So that healing aspect of the kite festival, I thought would be a great backdrop. And I began... Uh, with three years of research, to, and that's how I embarked on the journey.
0: So you say three years of research. Were you, you went back to um, uh, Amadabat for this? How, what portion of that research were, were you actually? Yeah, so, um, yeah, how did that go?
1: I was there every year, a month to three months. Okay. You know, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Right. Uh, spent 16 years in Brooklyn. So I was very conscious that I had an outsider's perspective. And I wanted to let that go and really capture the pride and the resilience of the people from Ahmedabad, the old city. And it was entirely something different. You know, I've gone through to India throughout my life. But uh, so I would just sit with grandmothers and talk to them and chase kites as they're cut with kids and get into trouble with gambling bookies, you know, all sorts of things, interview kite makers. It started like that, and I was very uh, tentative. But by the third year, I could... Uh, just based on my presence, just hold the camera two feet from someone, and they would continue to be themselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not only during this process that the narratives that are, uh, are part of the film uh, emerged, as I talked to many people and how their lives intertwined. Um, but it was also a process emerged, because by shooting in this very documentary, observational way, um, you got that understanding of what it took to set up an environment Uh, so that it doesn't change, that you don't affect what's around you by filming. And how do you work with non-actors, and what type of situations are there that are just... um, How do you plant enough seeds dramatically with a non-actor, and actor, and um, get your performance? So eventually, we work with 90% non-actors during the actual filming. Mm
0: -hmm. I was going to ask you what what percentage, who were the professional actors, and not to in any way diminish the performances because they're all really, really good performances. I never felt uh, that I was watching non-professional actors, but at the same time, I I never felt like they were acting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, Go ahead.
1: ahead. Um, You know, my purpose was to allow people to live on screen. Yeah. And so I would always pair an actor with a non-actor. The, the three actors in the film, is Suda, who plays the role of, um, Seema Biswasa plays the role of Suda, mm-hmm. and she's very well-known in India. She was uh, bandit queen. Uh, you may have seen that Shekhar Kapoor's first film. Mm-hmm. She was also in Water by Deepa Mehta.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then there's Nawaz Siddiqui, who plays the role of the, disgruntled wedding singer, hot-tempered. Yeah. And he's, the, uh, very, he's a big rising star in India right now, and Patung was his first lead role in a feature, but he had three films at Kansas this past year. He's terrific. And then there but, was, uh,
0: I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: he's amazing. He really oh, is. And he, then,
0: uh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll get to Yeah. And then?
1: <laughs> oh, and then uh, Sugamma Garg, she plays the role of the flirtatious Priya. And... Uh, yeah, she's a wild one. <laughs> yeah, Everybody else in the film weren't, never acted. And, and a great example, a story that I always tell is that there's a 19-year-old kid who's a phenomenal kite flyer. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of seduced by the uh, big city girl who arrives from out of town. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they have a first kiss. You know, I'm not giving away too much. But, mm-hmm. um, that first kiss was not only the first kiss for the character of Bobby, it was the first kiss for the actor. In his in his whole life. Mm-hmm. You know. So it was it's that kind of mm-hmm. attention to detail when you're pairing an actor with a non actor. You're you're trying to actually have someone experience whatever's on the on the page rather than reciting lines. Only three people out of forty read the script and never was a script referred to on set uh explicitly. It was always you get the scenario set up you provide the right emotional and objectives or physical objectives. Pair an actor with a non-actor. You do it right, you're going to get the lines of your uh, script
0: because
1: mm-hmm. you're going to hit all those beats. You
0: know, yeah, you it does it does it so beautifully. And again, I I just uh, it was so taken. Um, first of all, this is technically a very good film. It's shot very well. I the the sort of brings out the vibrant colors that we see in the kites, and, and uh, just, it has a very vibrant look to it. So let's uh, want to mention uh, Shankar Rahman as the uh, the cinematographer in this head. How, how did you, how did that relationship develop for you and, and him?
1: is uh, a great VP. He's uh, got a very tranquil personality to him, and that was very necessary for me to have a crew that didn't affect the surroundings. Yeah. Um, I, over that three-year period, shot 100 hours of research footage. During the last years of research, I was actually staging scenes with real people, having a boy and girl flirt, uh, roaming around with the kid on the street as he tries to catch a kite, uh, sitting at a uh, family lunch. So all these were scenes that were in the film. So I took that and I formed a kind of a clip reel. So when me and Shankar were... On set, Shankar shot about 60% of the film. I also had a camera in my hand, so I was shooting as well. Mm -hmm. And I would never communicate to him with uh, a storyboard. It was always the same way that you speak to an actor. Hey, this is what's happening between the two characters. This is the conflict. At some point, there's going to be a change. That's where we need to shift our filming style. That's about it. And then it would just be almost melting away. We were one of the first films in India to shoot an entire feature on HD. We shot in 2007 and 8. very long-headed. Uh, but um, it was two handheld uh, HD cameras, and we would just dance amongst the actors. And when there was flow, when there was synergy, it was as if we weren't there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was the true mark of how good he was. I mean, being able to kind of capture this very intuitive, gut-oriented, you know, kind of filming style. Because how do you describe it? Move the camera a little shaky here, and then shake it over there, and yeah. then focus on this face. It's very the, the type of the cinematography in the film is more is more from the heart than it is structured, you know. So you really need someone who has that openness to feel and to bring that to their craft.
0: Well, I will say, well, while watching the film, the word organic kept popping into my head. This all of this feels very organic. Uh, the 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 uh, as they say, above the line and below the line, <laughs> the, the production yeah. feels very organic. The performances just feel so unforced and so natural um, that it's it, it it just. And what you're talking about is you lived in this in this uh, idea for this film and 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 the context of this film to where it really shows up on the screen. It, it really comes across that way. Um, um, so congratulations on that also the sound the, by the way you're talking about the cinematography and by the way we're speaking with prashant uh, bhagava the uh, the film is patang it opens today it'll be at the you, know, you can see it tonight uh for uh at uh, the lemley three in, in beverly hills and you're going to be uh making some appearances over the weekend uh in support of the film is that right
1: yeah i'll be there uh throughout the weekend and uh uh, this evening at 5 and 7.30, doing Q&As, as well as on uh, Saturday yeah. and Sunday as well. And we have some nice uh, events for those who come and can hang out with the myself and some of the members of the crew.
0: Terrific. So, Terrific. Well...
1: You know, it's a, it's yeah. a interesting thing, because what you were talking about, we are talking about cinematography, but on a broad level, the, the film is kind of paced like an Ozu film. You know, it's like a European drama. Yeah. And then you have this this shooting style, it's very rapid fire yeah so and then the the narrative drops midway through the film, so it's uh it's it, it's been an interesting process to discover that that cinematic language and form of the piece
0: yeah, and that's what's very exciting about. Yourself and there's a number of uh, other filmmakers who have been privileged to have the opportunity to talk to you over over the last few years. This film, and I want to I want to touch on because I mentioned sound, but I, I uh, sound design because in addition I want to go back. <laughs> I'm jumping around here. I'm sorry, but yeah. I, but the idea of the sound you're talking about the cinematography, the sort of uh, uh, ballet that you were doing with the the cinematographer in terms of getting inside of a scene and inside these uh, the the performance of these actors. But the, there's a there's a very constant soundscape that really pulls you in as well. The music, the the ambient sound, and all that. I want to talk a little bit about that before I move on to sort of these filmmaker influences that I see yeah. in the film. Um, tell me a little bit about putting that part of the film together. That must have been a real challenge for you. Yeah,
1: because India is a loudy place. <laughs> a very loud. Yeah. Place. All the time you have horns and crows and everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I work with some great sound designers. I work with Abigail Savage and Tom Eppinger from Ticket Audio, John Morales. And um, their team over there, was. Uh, it was just a pleasure to work with them. I remember in the spotting session, and I sat down, and what they did is they squeezed out every little bit of uh, information that I had about every scene. Where are the sounds coming from? What are the characters hearing? What's going on in this scene? They didn't. They didn't say a word in terms of their ideas. It was just like, what are you thinking? What are you experiencing? And so I said everything. And then they sat down for a couple of weeks and started doing this cleanup and discovering it. And it was, you know, the sound design on one level, if you look at it, it's very naturalistic. Yeah. They get is known for their work on Man Pushcart, Sugar, Inside Job. So very, they're a uh, uh, New York-based, amazing for the naturalistic kind of, films that are coming out from this genre we, we may speak about so it's uh they're great at that so they we would try to say what are those few sounds that allow you to connect with each character or, or each larger theme a little bit better whether it's the flight of a kite memory of home and stuff like that so they would go about and, and choose that one of the great scenes that's completely different is the um is the uh kite battle scene, and I remember giving them a Nike commercial for the World Cup at that time, and I was like, hey, I listened to this, and it's crazy, but I think you should go with this for the kite battle, and it was completely surreal, so Abigail started just feeling it out, and she felt that fighting two kites and slicing the line of another kite is like a gladiator battle, so she started getting sword slashing and bombs blowing up as kites (laughs) are cut. So it's like you go through this very naturalistic kind of choosing your sounds amongst the you know environment of Amba, which is so loud, but then you go into these heightened kind of surreal moments, and that's also reflected in the music.
0: Yeah, um, it, it really builds tension into that scene, and it, there's a there's, I mean, honestly. <laughs> if you had said to me before watching this film, "There's going to be a bunch of kites flying around, and you're going to feel the tension," not in just the uh, in the uh, the way the kites are flying, but in the in the quick movements and the sort of and gladiator. That's a good way to put it. This gladiator kind of uh, environment, uh, and it, the cinematography works very well for this, but it's the sound that really sells that scene uh in in such a dramatic way so
1: yeah it's amazing it really The really, music was a great process too that was
0: yeah. pretty wild. yeah so and you who would you work with uh, uh the, your your, your uh, i know you um i'm sorry Mario uh Gr- right yeah Grigorov he's a
1: great Grigorov. guy he lives here in l a mm-hmm. and he uh composed the music for precious and taxi to the dark side yeah and I remember he first made a couple of samples, and it was a very general India sound. So I didn't vibe with it. I went to his place in Beverly Hills, and uh, we sat there for a week. And I worked with him very much like the same way I worked with Abigail or with uh, Shankar Rahman, the cinematographer. I worked with him as an actor, as someone who we were taking an emotional journey together and speaking to him that in that language rather than in terms of notes or anything. So you're I'm trying to find those artists that can bring themselves to it and have enough mastery of craft that they can actually delve into the hearts and minds of the characters or in the case of the music, the actual larger themes. You know, we did explorations of the themes for the kite, um an iconic kite, the memory of the brother and this family house. All of which were objects that don't actually move, you know, they're all memories or or so it's uh you have the sound design, which is almost a thematic-driven thing that kind of controls the destinies of these six characters. Eventually, he brought in uh, musicians himself, and they did some recording together and uh, worked with a great Hindi vocalist, Shubha Mugdo. Uh-huh. And then, of course, in India, Indian films, you need some pop tracks, too. So that was another process. That was great.
0: Yeah, that, uh, okay, yes, and again, I, I can't emphasize enough how these all work so well together in this film, the the cinematography, the sound, and just, and the influence, and I do want to talk a little bit about filmmakers that your film reminds me of, um, who, again, I've, I've had the uh, um, privilege of having on, but Ramin Barani is, is one who comes to mind a lot, especially for for Chop Chop and Man Push Cart, um, this really... Has that he has that same kind of thing uh, going on in his film, where you're inside these people's lives. You're not just watching them, and that's how I felt watching your film. Um, Sean Baker's done some nice things um, uh, with his uh, Prince of Broadway. There's just something about this kind of uh, inside view of the of the of the world that we have come to inhabit in these films uh, that just feels so wonderful. I, I don't tell me a little bit about. Uh, maybe some influences in your filmmaking or people that you look at in today's cinema, uh, as, as reflective of your own your own philosophy as well.
1: Uh, way back from India, I liked Satyajit Ray. Okay. Uh, Terrence Malick, Badlands and Days of Heaven and Thin Red Line and some of the work. Uh, the Jardin brothers from yep. Belgium. Yes. Uh, um, Lynn Ramsey with Ratcatcher, uh, the director of Nobody Knows, he did a film I Wish, works with kids really beautifully, very lyrical. Okay. Uh Kar Wai. Okay. You know, so all of these guys have a visual aesthetic and they're interpreting their camera and narrative along with that, but the performances are also very naturalistic and, and you mentioned Ramin Barani and I feel much much part of that generation which might include, you know, Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden. Yeah. Uh, that, this film that just came out, Beasts of the Southern Wild, yeah. um, Victoria Mahoney as a film. From, so this is real, I think, trying to get that inside as naturalism and reflect that in craft and how you're portraying it is, is, yeah, you definitely, I think, I think you felt it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, there's just this generation of filmmakers, again, I mean, you, you just mentioned some of them, uh, uh, there's a guy named Ariel uh, Norton who just did a, a film called Redlands uh, about a year ago, uh, even Bellflower, and uh, some of these other films that are coming out where these are obviously not, the budgets aren't, uh, I don't know what this film cost you to make, but uh, it's all on the screen, whatever whatever it was, uh, it just has uh uh going back to John Cassavetes and even Altman this sort of mixing of sound and 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 picture and all of it it's just a very exciting uh generation of filmmakers that i'm finding um it's just such an enjoyable experience to see their movies um and yeah congr- i mean really i just felt very pulled into this film um in ways that uh i just had not expected uh and uh tell me a, a little bit about um finding the once you made this film by the way this is your first feature film right yeah what was yes, my first y- feature okay what was your what was it about what made you think i can do this in your what what was it about i mean obviously you're excited uh and motivated by the story and the and and uh, and being at the uh, uh at a modbot mod- what yeah, else the yeah I'm sorry I keep butchering that' mad um, t- tell me what was it about your your own experiences that felt you felt that this was something you could pull together
1: well on and off screen the message of family celebration there's a line in the film we don't hold on to our past with sadness we hold on to our little little happiness yeah. and I think along the way of making this film it's been such a deeply personal journey of I do you want to say self-discovery, finding my own warmth and happiness with my family, uh, bringing a city together that's known for religious violence, bringing many people who are on opposite sides of the struggle unified during making of this the film. Like, what was happening on and off screen, it was family on set there. Mm-hmm. It was all really human things along the way, accompanied with, you know, enough of those periodic... Aha moments of trying to do something so crazy. You know, i made a successful short in Sundance and did commercials for fifteen years. So there was confidence of craft, but at the same time, what I was when I was absurd. It was ninety percent non-actors, two-hour takes. You know, <laughs> shooting in a, in India in a community that's that's not you know used to being shot. You know, so mm-hmm. you're having to find unique ways to organize your shoots, and it's much more, it's a lot more unpredictable. Every step along the way, there's challenges and problems, and you're cursing yourself, and you think it's going to take a year, and then it takes three, and then it <laughs> takes seven. You know, so it's a it's, uh, it's a lot of a lot of kind of renewal of spirit. But there was so much family and love that had the screen in terms of just connecting with that community, and 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 then just finding these crazy uh, discoveries of craft and connections to people finding how to develop performances out yeah. of um yeah. and that's a cultural quest too i mean i think all of us who make these films with some degree of naturalism at some point have missed that in our own lives in some way you know or mm-hmm. uh may yearn for it or maybe feel most alive when we're there and so that feeling as well was there that, that you just uh it's culturally and artistically the place where you feel more alive, most alive what you're doing And then once you start a, a feature like this, it's always the gut knot in your stomach. You know, because you, if you don't finish, you're not going to be a man. And you get a few girlfriends along the way, and they ask you, do you want the film or do you want me? And you'll obviously say, the film.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's done, the film Patang has done very well on the international film festival circuit, including uh, world premiere at Berlin Film Festival, North American premiere at Tribeca, winner at the Hawaiian International Film Festival, uh, winner also at the D.C. APA Film Festival, and it's played all over, all over the country. So, um, all over the world, I should say. Um, What has been post-production your experience in terms of watching your your, your love um, and the acceptance that it's been able to gain uh, around the world. What's that been for, like for you?
1: I mean, the most touching comment for me is traveling to different parts of the world and people saying, hey, your story is so intimate and it's me, it's my family. But I'm yeah. not, when I'm hearing that, I'm not in India. It's in Mexico and Berlin and Cleveland, and it's such a local story yeah. that's, to this particular place in India, one old city of the seventh largest town, uh, with six characters in one family, and then my pizza man in Brooklyn is saying, "Hey, I feel it too. That's my Italian family." Yeah, and so that that's been a really nice thing. And then um, what's also it's, it's also it's so exhilarating. I mean, you're at Berlin sharing with twenty five hundred people, and then all these uh, such beautiful projection and every festival. <laughs> You're meeting your colleagues and, yeah. and talking about the film, so it's a great experience Seeing different parts. Uh, some of the challenges, though, is that, you know, we we had great success on the festival tour, but no one took interest in distributing this film. And we were, I think the product places itself directly in the middle of three markets. It's paced like it naturalistic European drama. It's uh it's shot like an American film and requires some emotionality and, and as an Indian film. But each one of those distributors from those markets looked at as as if the audience didn't exist because it wasn't enough of my market in it. Yeah. And I, I thought I'd take the best of three. But as a result, you have a product that doesn't have anything comparable to it. You're not right. slummed off.
2: Right.
1: You know, so right. so then we had to move into this um you're always seeing that as well so it's but the festival tour was was amazing
0: oh what well it must have been I'm just curious to the reaction uh in India to the film
1: yeah so we we showed it uh, in and the where we shot the film prior to Berlin we did a uh, private screening for the community and, and cast and about 500 people and I was really nervous uh, uh, and we shared the film and they I was really touched. They they felt it was their story, an anthem in a way. The only critique they had is that they wanted the songs to be longer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can understand why they'd want that, but uh, that's that's terrific. So good reaction from them, and uh, well, I I want to thank you so much for this oh, um, for this film and for for spending a little time with us I kept you a little longer than, than I thought, but I'm so glad to be able to talk to you about this. And I, again, uh, you're going to be this Prashant uh, Bargava will be at the Lemley three in Beverly Hills, uh, tonight, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, um, to, uh, for a Q and a after, I assume after the screening, uh, opportunity to talk to the audience. And, um, Get down there and see this. It's it's just a it's such a total experience for someone who loves film. Um, you get a beautiful look, you get a great story. Really, the acting—I don't think I've sold the acting hard enough here in this film, in in this interview. But it's terrific acting, uh, and the story. It's a universal story, story of family, story a story about reconciliation and love, and um, and finding. Finding New Relationships, and it's all of those. And I, uh, my, really, truly, one of the best films I've seen uh, this year, and i um, thrilled to have you on. Um, so what do you, what's next? What's next for you? What are you doing?
1: Uh, trying to speak. I have two projects. I'm doing a collaboration with Vijay Iyer, a jazz musician, very well-known. We got commissioned to do a work uh, based on Stravinsky's Rite of Spring. So I'm doing this uh, live performance music thing, uh, with film, and uh, I went and shot during Holi in India, and it's a time when people throw color at each other. So it's primal, violent, sexual, and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of celebration. So I'm going to be editing that. And then my next feature takes place on the south side of Chicago, Tangos, Cadillacs, Hustlers on the Golf Courses, okay. African-American Community, Coming-of-Age Story. Okay. So, you know, growing up over there, I'm really excited to do some of the same techniques of non-actors-actors. Um, and uh, really work with the community, create an anthem for the South Side of Chicago.
0: Well, outstanding, outstanding. Well, Prashant Bhagava, uh, I uh, again hope you come back when uh, you've completed either one of those projects. I, I'm, I'm, I'd love to talk to you more about it. So, um, all the best. Uh, on yeah,
1: thank you, Mike. I'm yeah. so happy you enjoyed Patanya. Yeah, you oh. know it just means a lot. You really connected. So, I a mean, great interview. Thank you well, so much.
0: Thank you and uh, I hope to get up to, to see you and meet you uh, 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 within the next couple of days here so uh, look forward to that and um, I uh, uh, Patang is the film you can see it at the Lemley 3 uh, uh, at, in Beverly Hills and you can also meet the filmmaker the terrific filmmaker who made the film so thank you so much and all the best thank you take care bye